HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's October 22nd, 2013. We're in the middle of Cider Week, New York, and I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal in New York. We've got a special co-host tonight. Well, hey, Jimmy, how are we doing today? My good buddy, Sean McCain from the Bronx Brewery. Back again. Back again. You can't keep me away. You're, you're uh, a talented guy. You've been in beer a long time, and... Uh, Used to be an actor too, didn't you? I tried. I yeah. did. I did. I tried. I so was. Uh, I was so successful that I now sell beer. So we know how that went. But you're crazy. I mean, Bron- I mean, even though it's cider week, you know, we can still talk. You guys are, are you opening a brewery soon. Yeah, December. We will be pumping out the jams in the South Bronx and Port Morris uh, this December and uh, putting in a canning line. So we'll be all of our beers will be available in a delicious 16 ounce pint formula, and we have a lot of barrel aging that we're doing. Uh, I actually brought one sample of uh, our barrel aging beer that we might sample, depending on if we get through the ciders or not. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, we got some other special guests. Um, we got it's Cider Week in New York, and uh, one of the little places in Queens that's probably doing some of the most events for Cider Week. It is it's Ben from Queens Kickshaw. Ben, just get get a quick shout out. How's it going, Jimmy? All right. So how's how's Cider Week been? Oh, for you? Cider Week's been incredible. It's been absolutely insane. People are coming in. They're like, "Where's the cider? Where's the cider?" <laughs> Serious. And how many Serious. how many ciders are you serving, either on draft or by the glass? Uh, right now, we got six ciders on draft. We're pouring another six uh, from bottles uh, by the glass, and we have about thirty five or so uh, by the bottle only. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty. Well, darn let's impressive. start off with our first guest. We, we've got a uh, begonia and uh, John. Uh, they're here selling Astorius wine ciders from Spain. You guys, t- t- tell me your full name and and, and, and tell my me what you guys are doing. Begonia Medio. <laughs> and then my name. this other guy. And I'm a uh, John Bellevue Flores from Rowan Imports. So uh, it, we're gonna get started to the chase. This this is Cider Week. You know, GreatBrewers.com has been behind it. You know, there's Glenwood uh, up in the Hudson Valley that that really helped create this by focusing on you know. Apple, Apple farmers and, and thinking of ways for value added products. So there's a lot of deep stories behind Cider Week. 
And um, we've, we've each year we've done a Cider Week show. We've had great makers like Steve Wood from Farnham Hill. And actually on uh, November 12th, we'll do a live show just with him. Oh, really? That's going to be awesome. Oh, he's and he's guy. coming back for the, the great uh, Union Beer portfolio tasting that's happening. That's awesome. That's going to be great. And uh, we've had guys like Greg Hall, who is Goose Island, who's, who's moved on to, to, to doing Virtue now. So we've had a lot of really interesting people on the show. Uh, this one, I think we're going to talk more about the culture of cider. Um, we also have uh, Sam Smith the Seventh from uh, England, whose uh, family brewery is also making what an organic cider. Sam, that's correct. And we had you on a few years ago, and uh, it's nice to have you back. It's good to be back here. Good to see you, Jimmy. Yeah. So, what are you doing? You're doing like a stage in in New York, learning the the, the ropes a little bit. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my family business is Samuel Smith's Brewery from the UK. We're one of the oldest breweries in the UK, and. Um, we make cider as well, and I'm um, planning to succeed my dad and my uncle at running the business in a few years' time. And uh, for now, I'm spending uh, three months out here in New York. I've got to say, I'm absolutely loving it over here. A lot of hot chicks and a lot of beer to be sold. So, <laughs> yeah, you're uh, working so, real hard, yeah. aren't you? There, so, so I think that the the family brewery might lose their son. He might just stay in New York. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's got to be a danger of that. Absolutely, life is pretty good out here. I've got to say, and uh, really enjoy the city out here. Really enjoy selling beer. And, um, yeah, so maybe maybe there won't be any return. Yeah. You're going to be moving all of Tadcaster to uh, the Lower East Side? Uh, <laughs> perhaps Soho? Yeah, why not? Perhaps the Bronx. I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah, come up to the South Bronx. we yeah. got room for you guys. <laughs> so we've got a lot to talk about. And at some point, we'll also talk about Sam Smith. They have a, a, a nice uh, organic cider. But let, let's, let's dive right into to Spain. I mean, John, tell us your story. I mean, you went backpacking or something and discovered with your mother first... That's- that's right. Found well, a lover or something. Basically, a few years ago, I um, spent a lot of time abroad, specifically in Spain. And um, one of the reasons I did that is I've had some family who've uh, lived in Asturias, which is the uh, northernmost province in Spain. And uh, in the course of that travel, I, I became acquainted with uh, Sidra, which I, I've since fallen in love with. And... Um, is that is that mistress or is that the name of cider? It's a, I can't oh, say. Sorry. <laughs> it's um, could be both. I heard she's a tart sometimes. And uh, we've uh, decided to bring it over, my, my brother and I, and uh, with the help of uh, Begonia Medio, who's here to my right. Uh, I think uh, without her, probably there would not be a Rowan because uh, when we first decided to uh, visit the region, she was the one who helped us set up the meetings and uh, translate and kind of run interference. So uh, we're indebted deeply to her, and uh, we're very grateful. Well, one question I have is, like, uh, you know, you're from a traditional cider-making region, Asturias and Spain. I mean, tell us what the culture's like and, you know, your family background. Yeah, for example, my father used to make cider. He's uh, the traditional uh, natural cider that we have. And, uh, for example, when my family has the house, our home around, is full of uh, cider house. Everybody has apple trees. And with the apples, of course, we make cider. So for us in Asturias, cider is uh, part of our culture. We all drink cider. 80% of our production is sold in Asturias. We drink a lot. So people <laughs> actually do drink the cider in your region. Yeah, mm-hmm. five percent. That's cool. a lot. Did you bring any of the fifteen percent that leaves no, here sorry. tonight? No, we the eighty percent. So, John, how did you get a story insider here? Then, I mean, if if they're drinking at all, it's not like they, there's a it's not a dying craft 
that no one in their country is drinking anymore. Like, you know, they discovered Saison DuPont 30 years ago, and they were about to shut down production. No, it's far, not the same far case. from. I mean, it's only expanding. We uh, convinced the producers that uh, it would be a, a good market to expand to, and um, I guess we made the case that we, we would they'd take a chance on us, and, and they did, and we're very happy they did because the reception here in New York has been wonderful. And uh, we're just encouraged to bring over more ciders. And we've since, in fact, expanded to include ciders from uh, other regions uh, of the world. And um, it's just growing. We're, we're very happy with uh, what's happened so, so let, far. Let, let's go back. So there's this traditional cider region. Of story. It's, cause it's new to me, too. I mean, we, we've heard of Bass ciders. I mean, I, there's one I like, Izategi. Um, we've had French ciders. And, and also we know from Greg Hall at Virtue, he went and, and he hung out with the best cider makers, Oliver in England and the DuPont in France and uh, some people in Spain who I don't know who he hung out with. But, um, you know, tell us what inspired you. I mean, you're, you're holding back on us. Well, I, I don't know. I, uh, what inspired me, I, I think a lot of it was um, – an effort of last resort, to be honest. I wasn't quite sure what else to do. And um, I started with my love of uh, cider, uh, first and foremost, and my love of travel. And I was looking for many years kind of how to combine those two interests. And Nice job. Uh, that's that's what it's all about, right? Find, <laughs> finding your passion. And, right, thank you. That's kind of, uh, I guess, the only that uh, answer that we could come up with. Little so, coin, that's great. Yeah, so it was an import company, and that's uh, how it was born. So. John, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe this was off the record. I don't know, but wasn't there something else that you wanted to do uh, instead of become an importer and distributor of cider, but you couldn't? Uh, that's right. Yes, uh, the original idea was to open a cider-only bar, and uh, we gradually came to realize that uh, one, I had no, uh, or my brother had no cider, uh, or I'm sorry, bar uh, business uh, experience, and so we decided. Uh, professionally that would be pretty close to suicide to start a bar in new york with no experience so we thought um while we do the import thing also i i guess it's worth saying that a few years ago we couldn't find very many ciders here in the states that uh, we thought were good i mean i'm I'm sure they were available but uh, we thought our time would be better spent bringing the ciders over rather than selling what was available. Let me ask Sam. So, Sam, you know, you're English, and we've actually met a lot of people from England that like, you know, tart Spanish stuff. Because the style of, of, of cider is very different, right? Yes, it's quite It's quite tart. Yeah. It might be barnyardy. I mean, your experience now, you know, as, as an Englishman, I mean, what do you think of Spain? If, do you think of Spain as a place that makes cider? Look at that smile. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a smile for radio. Putting on the spot. That's, well, you got me on the spot there, Jimmy. Um, to be honest with you, I'm I'm very ignorant about Spanish cider. It's not a, it's not something I know anything about. I'm a brewer. I know quite a bit about beer. But um, I was at your uh, cider tasting at your your very cool bar on Saturday, and I tasted a few Spanish ciders. And I've got to say, I was very impressed. I hadn't had anything like it before in my life, but I thought it was pretty cool what they're doing over there. Please tell me we have an Thank example you. of Spanish cider right here to drink. Does it, did anybody bring a sample? Or can we drink Legon. some cider? I, I'm sorry. sorry to say that I, I meant to, and oh. I, I left the house, and I totally forgot. Oh. I'm very yeah, sorry I'm to so say. Sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I would, I would pitch the brands, though. I mean, you've got what? Castanon, which is very – I mean, yeah. one thing, the reason I asked in Sam, too, is like you know, people don't really think of Spain as cider, but only the last couple of years. You guys, you and your brother Anthony as Rowan Imports, mm-hmm. you've made me think of – Wow, Spain is right up there with with other cider producers, you know. I mean, Ben, I don't know. You, you've at Queen's Kickshaw, 
you, um, you know, you've been featuring a lot of ciders. Have you brought in any of the Astorius ciders or Basque ciders? Yeah, we actually have uh, three different Basque ciders and uh, uh, the Castagnon uh, uh, from, from Asturias as well as the Via Cubera mm-hmm. from, from Asturias. And which other one are we getting? Which one? The Valveron. Sparkling. So how do you pitch that to your customers? Do you let people just taste it or you have a yeah, flavor I mean, profile? You know, obviously we're, we're a little bit more of a beer bar than a cider bar, uh, but we're definitely kind of straddling both at the moment. Um, certainly, you know, people who like sour beers, people who like tart beers or funky beers, people who, uh, you know, are really thinking about what they're going to drink uh, with their food mm-hmm. uh, are, are the people that we, we uh, specifically target for, for uh, selling the Spanish ciders to. One thing I've noticed, maybe you've noticed this for Sean and John, I've, this is the third year of Cider Week in New York, and the first year it was like, wow, it was just great to have a, a wide variety of ciders. I got to try English ciders, French, Spanish. I think we should, uh, Dave, why don't you pop the uh, sure. Sam Smith Organic Cider? Um, and now, the, now this year, it's like wow. Some of the, the American ciders that I was drinking, they seem fruitier than I remember. And maybe it's because of the Astoria ciders. Like maybe I'm used to drinking a more tarts. And even our friend Greg Hall at Virtue, he made this. I'm talking about his cidra because cidra de nava because it's 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 very tart for, for an American cider. For us, it's a uh, well. Greg came to Astoria. We spent a whole day visiting producers. And I will try to, to to show him how is the Asturias cider. Yesterday I tasted uh, Sierra de Nava, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, for us, is is uh, his cider could be the first step for our cider. That's what the producer said yesterday. Uh, Sierra de Nava is properly. Uh, they say that it's the first uh, after the first uh, fermentation Asturias cider. That's what we think about the Sierra de Nava. So it's um, like a baby. We, we make two fermentations, yeah. alcoholic and malolactic. And yesterday, they, that's their opinion, that the Sierra de Nava tastes like a cider after just the first fermentation. That's what they say. And John, how, how does that work for you? I mean, when you were going there, did, did you have to get an education in, in you know, their traditional methods? Or, uh, know, what do they sure. do when they make cider too? I mean, you have two two fermentations. I mean, this yes. is crazy, well, right, Sean? Is absolutely normal. Yeah. I've never heard that before. What was the second type of fermentation? Malolactic. Malolactic. Oh. Yeah. And that happens what, in normal. a barrel in barrel. <laughs> well, it depends. Um, most of them now they use the inox uh, bar- big barrels, hmm. uh, and some traditionally we use the wooden barrels. Big, huge ones, but it, the wood doesn't give nothing to the cider. Mm. It's just what a kind traditional of way use? of worry. Of uh, it's a particular type of, uh, of, of roble. <laughs> it's a chestnut, but uh, these are very old, very large barrels. Yeah. They, they each hold a twenty thousand liters, so they stand they to maybe fourteen wow, or sixteen sounds, feet yeah. high. Like beautiful. Yeah. And uh, they've been in use for so long that really all of the tannins or anything else it's been sort of sucked out of it, leached out. Of, how long? Yeah. I mean, how long are we talking here? Uh, well, decades, I, w- I would say. How old? About what? The, uh, the how long have the barrels? How long have they been used? Oh, they use them all the life of the <laughs> producer. <laughs> yes, because now it's not easy to find that huge barrels. Mm. So they take care with them. They clean it every time, mm-hmm. and they. Do you think it would? Would it? Does it influence the taste? Would it matter since they're so old? Would it? Would it matter if you're using plastic or metal? Well, for them. Uh, now they they all have wooden barrels because it's uh, romantic. Mm. But 
the truth is they have the Inox huge barrels to store the, the cider because they can control the temperature, they can stop the fermentation if they need it, and they can make the mixture between the barrels. So for Pro- them it's science and progress quiet. and all sorts yeah, of great things. Mm-hmm. Science, like all yeah. Of, yeah. John, um, so in your travels in Asturias, um, is, is there a typical cidery, like like the way it's set up, you know, or, or, or are they different? Is some one modern, one's traditional? You know what I mean? Like the technology well, they're using? The, the I everything. think there's a, probably a distinction to be made between the uh, producer and then the cideria, which is the person, the retailer who serves it, the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the producer is... Well, I guess they're both quite traditional. I mean, when you walk into a typical uh, cider bar in Asturias, it's uh, low, it's a bit dank and um, smelly, like yeah. cider, stale cider, and uh, it's very much a traditional feel. Like you, you know immediately that you've walked into an Asturian bar. Um, I'm not sure if that goes to your question, but um, little apple it, it's really an little. unforgettable experience if you ever... Get the opportunity to go to Astoria. I highly recommend it. I'm sorry. Do they only dedicate themselves to serving cider, or is it? Uh, most do. They would have like one or two ciders that are kind of the house ciders, which they serve. They may off- also offer a beer or a wine, but uh, in Astoria, most of the drink is uh, cider, and so these are kind of uh, uh, tangential. So that, that's what uh, when you you're thinking of opening a cider bar, you, you're attempting to replicate an Astorian. Well, uh, that was actually one of our thoughts. Uh, It kind of evolved over time into, well, we would open up a bar that would represent ciders from all over the world. So uh, there's very specific cider traditions. In France, for example, they tend to serve cider in uh, porcelain bowls and uh, serve them with crepes. And in Spain, they pour them from a height, the Escanciar, and they would serve them with a traditional Spanish food. And then there are similar traditions in the UK or American cider. So our idea was to kind of open up a bar that would represent all of those traditions faithfully. Um, unfortunately, like I said, it um, didn't work out at that point. I mean, it's not to say that it won't happen sometime in the future. But um, for now, we're focusing on the import side of the well, business. I will say you, you guys have done a great job. And in just a couple of short years, you, you've turned a lot of us on to... An unusual style that we now think is typical, which is these sour type ciders from from Spain. Have yeah. you tried any of them, uh, Sean? No, I was hoping to try them. Yeah, today. come on, <laughs> John. I'm coming after and you. And then bro. Dave, uh, you guys working with Merchant <laughs> Devin. Are there any ciders you import besides the Sam Smith organic cider? No, uh, Sam Smith is the only cider that we actually bring in. Right which, now, by the so. way, we're drinking right now, yes. and it is delicious. It's nice. It yes, is it's nice, nice, and it's. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out. There's a, a regular listener. He's got a site called ciderguide.com, and and he did a breakdown of of all the different ciders and. Uh, you know, you should check it out, ciderguide.com. Hey, we're going to take a short break. Um, we're going to play some music, and we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. So, you like good beer? Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. 
Take the great beer test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit greatbrewers.com today. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guess what? I just looked at the heritageradionetwork.org. There's a new website. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's broken down into special features, and still, Beer Sessions Radio is right up there. So if you want to learn about Beer Insider, check out Beer Sessions Radio. But the Heritage Radio Network is pretty cool. I mean, you guys, uh, Sean, you guys are distributed by greatbrewers.com. They're one of our sponsors. Union and, Beer uh, Distributors, absolutely. That's right. So uh, go to heritageradionetwork.org, and uh, I think there's going to be a membership drive soon, too, yeah. Yeah. which... Uh, and they're also a doing a pretty neat uh, little festival coming up in November as well. They're, uh, what's it called, the Craft Beer Experience? Yes, or? that's what they're calling it now. That's great. I mean, they're Dave, actually... why don't you grab the mic? Come on. Sure. So, Dave, introduce yourself. Uh, Dave Rodriguez with uh, Merchant of Inn. And you're, you're a cool guy. You keep wanting to join in, so <laughs> give yourself the mic. Come on. Yeah, go ahead. I got Just it. Own, I got it. It's right here. You keep, <laughs> lean, you keep leaning over, man. Sorry. So, with Drinking Cell, you got Craft Beer Experience coming November 13th. And 14th. And 14th. So the 12th. Thir- or 12th and 13th. The 13th is the consumer, so if you want to yeah. get tickets. Used to be an industry-only tasting, and this year they decided to do it uh, both open industry it and open it up yeah. to the public. Which yeah. is really, it's a phenomenal experience because you're having all of the all of the, the brewers that are there, the owners of the company, in one, one fell swoop. You can walk in and... Meet Sam Smith. Yeah, you can exactly. Are, how many of your producers are coming for that event? Uh, Sam Smith is here, and then uh, our national sales guy Joe Lipa is going to be there uh, as well. Uh, not quite sure who else is going to be making it. Uh, a few people requested a couple of monks from Orval, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, <laughs> did you ever get the monks from Orval to come over? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> so tell us a few things about Merchant Event. Just a couple of the main brands you guys have. I mean, we know Orval. We know Sam Smith. Sure. Uh, Merchant Events, the uh, one of the oldest beer specialty importers in the country. Uh, they've been around since uh, 1978. Uh, first came on when they introduced Sam Smith into the U.S. Uh, the brands that they're known for are, you know, pretty much the iconic brands that have inspired a lot of the American craft brewers: um, Orval, West Mall, excuse me, uh, Rochefort, uh, Samuel Smith, uh, Einger from Germany. And then they have some, you know, other breweries, you know, such as uh, Pincus, specialty, you know, organic brewer, uh, Greens, uh, which is a gluten-free beer and quite popular nowadays, uh, Duboc, which is a newer brand within our family. Uh, it's uh, specialized in uh, white ale. And then uh, Tracor, which is from Scotland and probably one of the oldest, I think, the oldest house. Is Tracor or Tracor? Tracor. To Quair. Uh, it's the uh, one of the oldest houses in uh, the UK, from my understanding. So it's been around for three, four hundred years. It's a long, long way to, like to, to Quair from here. Five hundred, <laughs> a long time. So, but going back to cider. So uh, Ben, here, Ben's here from uh, Queens Kickshaw. Ben, you just poured us an interesting cider from Maine, right? Uh, yeah, actually, it's called Hoboken Station from Maine. Uh, <laughs> it's made by Oyster River uh, Wine Growers. This one's great. I mean, I love it. It's it's dry. It's uh, got some really nice uh, acidity, uh, some you know wonderful balanced tannins. It's fermented with uh, native yeasts uh, to Maine, and uh, you, they use uh, 
uh, cider apples, esoteric apples. Um, you know. The, no, that's the, great. So you re- you've really done a, n- a nice job of sourcing different ciders at your, at your bar. Well, thank you. It's great. <laughs> well, hey, uh, let's let's Sean, let's pour that. You, you open that large uh, angry did. orchard. We're going to introduce our next guest. If you guys are we're gonna, uh, if you have headphones, we're going to talk talk. If you if you're not, you're going to miss it out. But uh, and to our listeners, this is a calling guest, um, special guy David Sipes from Angry Orchard Cidery. David, thanks for calling in. Hey, thank you. Uh, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, this is, I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host and our special host tonight. Hey, how's it going? This is Sean from the Bronx Brewery. Sean McCain. So he just, what, what are you guys pouring right now, Sean? What's that? This is Straw Man, and I haven't tasted it yet, but it is uh, definitely carbonated. But yeah, I think, Straw Man yeah. is a wonderful cider. If you have time to taste through the whole range, I wouldn't necessarily start there, but if, uh, if we're picking and choosing on that one, that's a great cider. Um, inspired... Uh, uh, kind of a little bit about the brand first. Uh, Angry Orchard's uh, been a national brand since about uh, early 2012, and we launched initially with uh, our uh, Angry Orchard Crisp, the traditional dry, and uh, an apple ginger. And I think you've got a couple of those in, in front of you. And with the initial uh, just response from the consumer and the cider drinker and enthusiasm for new flavors, uh, we kind of expanded on that and went with um, uh, with the the Cider House collection, of which the, the Strongman's a part of, and that's inspired by uh, traditional French and English country cider. Made yeah, primarily with bittersweet. Yeah. Hey, David, a couple of questions. We've been doing some, we know a little bit about what you guys are doing with the Angry Orchard. Sure. Um, so tell us about what, what apples are, are, in, are in your, your typical mix, because I heard that you guys are also getting uh, apples from other countries. Yeah, that's correct. We uh, we started out, um, and you know, we would tinker with recipes and processes and and different apples for about fifteen years, and really just uh, found northern uh, northern France, the Normandy and Brittany region, and uh, some of the culinary apples that are grown in Italy to be really spectacular and, and well suited for cider production. The um, you guys, <coughs> we've um, Really, just uh, honed in on, on traditional cider varieties, and uh, you know when when cider kind of went by the wayside after prohibition, so too did a lot of the uh, the traditional cider apples. And so we're looking for tannin and, and acidity structures, uh, you know, similar to some of the things the winemaker would be looking for. Uh, we're looking for in our apples. So we currently are producing the entire cider range with uh, the um, apples from northern Italy, the Sud Tyrol region, Alto Adige. Um, also, a really well-known wine-growing region, and uh, Normandy and Brittany. Great. Hey, um, is it true that the cider cider in America is growing like seventy percent a year or something? Yeah, I don't know where the figures are for uh, this year over last, but certainly from two thousand eleven to two thousand twelve, about sixty-five percent growth, and it's just really exciting, fun time to be uh, to be a cider maker, fun time to be involved in the industry. So, no, you you guys are you're you're owned by uh, Boston Beer Company, Sam Adams. Uh, why did you guys decide to get into cider? You know, we've been we've been tinkering with it for years, and uh, really just uh, you know we're we're about anything you know fermentation and flavors and characteristics, and we had uh, recipes that we were really happy with, and and kind of put them out there, and so it's something that we've been at, at some level or another, um, you know, in part uh, personal consumption. We just love cider, uh, so we've been we've been dabbling and tinkering with the recipes, and it's something we've been working on for a long time, and it, it seemed like the time was right. Uh, there was a you know market and a demand out there. Drinkers were looking for something something new. Um, a lot of parallels with craft beer, with the growth of wine, with the growth of cocktails and and spirits, and looking for some new flavors. 
Uh, so just a, a good opportunity. The market uh, markets seem right for uh, for a new cider. It was crisp, uh, crisp apple. Is that your uh, the, the first one that you guys came out with? Correct. Yeah, that was uh, crisp apple, apple ginger, and traditional dry were all part of what we refer to as sort of the, the, the core styles. The core and he, styles. Uh, the crisp quickly became the number one. Uh, in fact, it's the number one selling cider in, in the U.S. on IRI data. So it's doing really well. It really seems to have met the met the demands of the cider drinker. So uh, that one is a little more luscious, fruit forward, uh, a little little more of a kind of a ripe apple taste. A little bit sweet on the palate, but really complemented with a nice balanced acidity on the finish. So not quite. David, let me jump. So, uh, like day to day, like what what are the jobs that you do as as uh, at Angry Orchard? A lot of it's about the ingredients and then making sure we've got the apples to, to make our cider. Uh, you know, kind of recipe design and and you know working on different fermentation processes and tinkering with different yeast strains and really trying to just nail a, a profile that works and, and meets what our what our drinkers are looking for. Now, the other day when we were tasting, we tasted a bunch of Spanish ciders. Uh, someone said that the the skins of the apples give tannins, uh, tannin flavor to the cider. I'd never heard that. Um, it, besides that, are there any other uh, you know flavor issues that, that you have to deal with when you're making cider? Yeah, I think in general, I mean, from from our perspective, it's really all about balancing and balancing the various flavors that come in into the cider. Um, absolutely, the tannins are coming from the skins and from within the structure of the apple itself. And the uh, the cider apples, the bittersweet apples we use from Normandy and Brittany, uh, they're almost inedible by themselves. Uh, they're just very astringent, very tannic. And so we balance that with the juicy sweetness of the of the culinary varieties. And we're also looking for for things like acidity. Um, you know, we all uh, we recently. I believe you've got the uh, Angry Orchard Sinful in front of you. That's our new seasonal release for the fall and the winter. Um, and that's made with domestic apples for a uh, you know, bit of a, a departure from where we started. Um, and that was uh, the first one we launched that was with, with U.S. apples. A little juicier, a little fruitier characteristic. The U.S. varieties tend to be uh, a little less uh, less acidic, um, lower pH and things like that, lower acidity. So as a result, the higher perceived sweetness. That one kind of comes through a little more apple a little more juicy, complemented with the, the bright cinnamon character and a little heat on the finish. So we're really just working to get a balance of all those different components of, of sweetness, of acidity, of tannin, of bitterness, and, and really trying to get a balance. Yeah. David, are there any other uh, ciders that you like that are on the market that are like more boutique or, you know, from traditional countries or anything? You know, I, I've... I've tasted through a number of them. I try not to mention other brands specifically, but there's so many great ciders out there. You have to on our show. Uh, from the, <laughs> Be a team the, player. Uh, from the true farmstead and the you know, real farmstead level, um, some great ciders out there to, to some of the traditional uh, French ciders and such. And I just think there's, there's such a right. wide range, and it's just been a neat process of discovery as well. It's so unknown as a beverage category in the U.S., um, you, know, you can spend a lot of time just kind of working your way through some of the new offerings in the U.S. right now. Great. David, just hang with us. We're, we're, we're gonna, welcome to stay on the air if you want. We're going to keep talking, okay? We've got cider make. We've got people here from Spain, England, uh, and, and New York. So, um, all right. David, you're Merchant Devin. Um, you know, you, you're kind of new to this, to cider. Yes. Uh, what questions w- would you ask a cider maker? Well, um, luckily, I worked with Union Beer Distributors for three years, so got exposed to some of the best cider uh, in the world uh, from Spain, from France, uh, and England. So, um, you know, what's always intrigued me is the whole processing um, and, you know, any 
extra processing involved with cider? You know, is there any extra sugars added to the whole fermentation process to add a certain sweetness to it um, from the various cider makers from France that offer up and Spain that offer up more of a funky cider? Uh, you know, some of the uh, American ones as well that do a really good job to the more mainstream <laughs> commercial available uh, ciders? Do they do anything extra to their ciders to uh, make it a little sweeter? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think any time part of the game is, is, you know, there may be sugars used to adjust the, the amount of, of natural sugars you have from the apples coming in for, um, you know, on the front end of fermentation. There's some, some limits to what you want to do there. Uh, but absolutely, adding back juice, different kinds of juice uh, to add sweetness at the end. If, if you let a cider go out completely dry and, and completely attenuated, um, they can be really, you know, harshly acidic, very stringent, very drying. And so we'll, we'll kind of place some tunes on the, uh, what we call back sweetening and actually adding juice back to the finished cider. And an example of that is Chris, um, Angry Orchard Chris has some, has some juice added back and that helps provide a really lively, juicy, uh, kind of sweetness to it. All right. And here's Ben from Queens Kickshop. Ben, uh, what, you know, what, what do you look for when you're buying ciders? Cause you have a wide range of ciders, uh, a lot of boutique ciders. What, what are you looking for in flavor? Uh, we, we mainly look for uh, for quality and uh, variety. Um, we like to ask ourselves uh, the kinds of questions like where does where does this cider come from? How does it represent the terroir? Where does it, you know and uh, the, the place from which it came? Um, what's the tradition involved in making this cider? What kind of experience does the cider maker have? Um, you know, we have kind of a eclectic list. Um, so you know, we're we're, we're a bit selective. Uh, we don't have every cider that's available. Uh, so we we taste everything of course first what, and, what would you compare we, angry, whatever else is on the market what ben what would you compare angry orchard to because uh, it's different categories yeah i mean this is kind of a, a mass marketed cider for sure um you know i would com- compare this to some of the other mass marketed ones like uh like crispin uh cider which you know they tend to be a little bit sweeter and there's a, definitely a place for those we have uh uh wandering angus ciders on our list it's kind of a, a mass marketed uh, cider that's available everywhere and, um, you know, because of the price point and because of uh, the ease with which it is to, 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 you know, put it in your mouth and swallow it, um, there's definitely a way to get new people into the world of cider. It's kind of like a gateway uh, drug, these uh, sweeter so ciders. How, how would you compare it to, to beer? Like, let's say it's, I'm out, you think it's a summer product, you think it's a fall product? Ben? I think it's a year-round product. I definitely think it's a year-round product. At least for us, I don't really see our sales... Uh, change that much year-round as far as cider goes. I mean, people think of it as a, as a fall-time beverage because that's when the, the, the apples are, tend to be harvested, um, and that's when you see all the apples at the market. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, people are drinking them at, at, at Kickshaw all year-round. Yeah, we'd agree with We're that, certainly, too. It, it's perceived as a, as a fall beverage based on the harvest time, but uh, it's also a really refreshing drink. Um, you know, cider in general offers some, some balance and some complexity, but also generally really drinkable, so a nice spring and summertime as well. All right. Hey, David, thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you so much, and we're enjoying your ciders, and we're going to take a short break. We're back in a few minutes here on Beer Sessions Radio. All right.
Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guess what? HeritageRadioNetwork.org has a really great new website. It's a little different than it was, but but I like it. And there's some featured profiles and stuff. And uh, we're here in Cider Week, so uh, let's talk. We got people from Spain, England, America, Queens. Uh, we just talked with uh, the cider maker Dave Sipes from Angry Orchard Cider, and we got uh, Sean McCain. Sean, what do you think of these ciders? These aren't. We don't really See, have a wide range this is of ciders new to me. today. Like I, I am. I have to say that like uh, cider and I have. We're not. It's not like we're like best friends. It's not. We just we haven't been in the same room together enough, you know. And that's why I was really excited about today, so I could you know rub elbows and maybe make out a little bit with a couple. Uh, John, I'm still mad at you, man. How could you come and not bring the beautiful uh, ciders from oh from Espana? Have back. Oh, we will, we will. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's very interesting the difference between like a dry cider, a funky cider, a farmhouse cider. Like these are all things that as a as a brewer and as a as a beer lover that I I understand just because of those experiences. So. My eyes are open, and I have a lot of friends that have gluten allergies that, um, like, I will would I always sort of cater to if I'm going to have a dinner, make sure that I have a, a good cider. I used to travel a lot through the Finger Lakes, and there was Bellwether cidery. Uh, just yeah, that's really great, phenomenal stuff. So I would just go by and just bring back two cases of cider, and always have that away for anybody that had a gluten allergy. Well, one thing I know about, about I mean, Cider Week that we know in New York. It started three years ago. It was it was trying to get a, a broader reach, you know, showcasing some French and, and other ciders. But really, two years ago, it really was focused on the northeastern, like you know, farm yeah. based ciders. You're, you're growing farm your apples, and, and the idea is to it's support the farmers who are, who are growing apples. But the world of cider is bigger than that. And again, it's like yeah, the Angry Orchard was nice. The Straw Man was I like that. Um, I like the Sam Smith Organic Cider too. Um, and I'm definitely interested in these traditional regions, uh, you know, like like Asturias. But then also, still, my heart goes to, and I think that Ben and I agree from Queens Kickshaw. I mean, in America right now, there's these these small, you know, there are apple growers like Farnham Hill, and what's the one from Massachusetts? Is it West County? West, yeah, West County. Uh, they specialize in a lot of single varietal ciders, yeah. and they make it work. They, they, I, I'm not, I haven't spoken with them at a, uh, you know, at length about it, but it's incredible. They've got at least four or five different single varietal ciders. And, and most people that you talk to will say, you know, in the cider industry, that you have to blend cider. You have to get the acids and the tannins and the sweetness from different apples, that no one apple actually carries all those characteristics after fermentation perfectly. And they do an amazing job just like carrying through a great, great balance after the fermentation with just one or even two ciders. You know, there's, there's a great article, uh, Karen Shimizu, uh, she's a, at Savour Magazine. She wrote a great article about um, cider, and she quoted this guy, uh, Ben Watson, uh, and I haven't read any of his books, but I don't know if you've ever read a book about cider. Um, you know, we've had some great books on about beer, but it's from, and it basically says it's ridiculously easy to make at home. But in her article, she really surveyed some of our favorites. I mean, she mentioned Farnham Hill, Eve's Bellwether, which West County Cider from Massachusetts, which I haven't had. And uh, she was going to be a guest, but, but couldn't come on. But, um, you know, so a lot of people, I think Cider Week has created this interest in people talking about it but again the biggest thing is the change in palettes like for me it's like wow these uh you know angry orchard that's you know that that's a, a nice cider but the, I, I actually want these like really interesting sour and and, and other ciders like you guys are bringing in so it, it encourages me to like go to seek out like a beer dinner where, whereas whereas before i always would just think of cider as something that'd be a little bit more refreshing something that maybe a little lower alcohol 
Um, and, but now, tasting the complexities and the yeast and understanding that, well, yeast is yeast, right? I mean, it's going to dictate a lot of the flavor profile, and especially if you have a nice house yeast and you know what you're doing with it. This is there's some really this is an oyster river. Um, and let's give John John, really John from Marone. Give us you one more chance. Give us a list of some of your favorite esoteric ciders that you're importing from Asturias. Okay. Tell, tell uh, about well, that. I don't want to be, um, uh, you know, too self-promotional, but uh, the self-promotion. Uh, is, is an excellent cider, as well as the uh, Castagnon. Those are two uh, very traditional examples of uh, what a Spanish cider could be. We also carry some very nice uh, sparkling ciders, Valveran and uh, Emilio Martinez, as well as the uh, Villacubera. So how, how did you pick those? I mean, are they just like, hey, great, take our ciders and sell them in America? Well, basically, <laughs> uh, when we first got into the business, the, the first step was really to go to Asturias. And uh, we met with uh, Begonia here, who uh, was nice enough to introduce us to all of the uh, producers and based on uh, quality and availability and um, how much they make and all those other considerations, we decided out of maybe 25 or 30, we pared it down to maybe five or, or six or seven different producers that we would carry. So uh, that said, um, I, I do want to emphasize that we only uh, don't only carry Spanish ciders. We have uh, German and uh, French and American ciders as well. So if you're interested, we, we like to think ourselves as the um, place to be to, uh, to experience are, cider in all of its You're definitely forms. making an impact, and, and, yeah. and I love working with you guys. But let's go back to Spain. So outside of Asturias, if I'm in, what, Madrid or Barcelona, if, if, if I said Asturias, would people identify that with cider? Yes, of course. <coughs> the cider is in Asturias. In Spain, uh, if you say sidra, they will say sidra de Asturias. So for us, it's part of our identity. So Cedar assumes that it's from Asturias. Yes, more than in other region in, in Spain. So similar to like Normandy region, France? Yes, yes. It's the same. But uh, for example, the question is that we produce amount of liters of cider. Um, the, the average right now with, uh, for the producers is around one million and a half liters. But we have some... That who are producing six million liters, so and I have told you that we we used to drink the eighty percent of that amount of liters. Good for you. So, <laughs> so I have to come. So visit. it's normal that when you talk about cider <laughs> in Spain, they think about Asturias and Bagone. So okay, I have a few more questions. So okay, so when do you harvest this, the apples in the fall? Yeah, they are right now. That's why we we came with the DOP, Sierra de Asturias. We came to New York to the Cider Week. But uh, some of the producers, the owners, they cannot come with us because they are producing cider right now. They are buying apples right now to the uh, rural producers that they have around the, the farmhouses and everything. So they began probably next week to produce cider. So now and it's then, impossible for them to be. So if here. you're harvesting apples now, yeah, h- how long do you? How long keep does fermentation it? Yeah. take? Fermentation and storage. Fermentation how long can you store the apples? Maybe uh, the first fermentation could take two weeks, and it depends on the weather because it's changing in Asturias. So last year they were really worried because the fermentation was too much slow. Mm. 
So the first fermentation could take two weeks or three weeks, depending on the weather. And the second fermentation, they control it sometimes. Mm. Uh, so on an average, how long would the second fermentation take? For, sorry? Uh, how long would the second fermentation on uh, average take? Maybe to one month. Or okay. Two yeah, it takes, so six uh, to nine weeks, basically. Yeah, probably they will finish to produce cider at December, something like that, and they they store it, and after some months they mix the ciders from different barrels, blending, looking, blending, yeah, yeah, looking for that yeah. flavor. Mm. We call that uh, el palo. You know, el palo. In, in, yeah, it means that in. Hey, what does it mean? It means that. Um, Palo means stick. Yeah. <laughs> stick? And yes. it's the flavor that the, consu- the consumers recognize the, the producer. So mm. they always look for their own flavor because we, we, we don't drink just one cider. If you go to a cideria, the bar where we used to drink cider, they could have uh, four or five different kinds of cider and are people who only want to drink that palo or that other from another side house. And do you use different types of yeast? Um, the yeast is natural. It's, uh, oh, it's from open. the apples. Yeah. Okay. They don't use artificial yeast. Okay. They leave the, the juice to go. Gotcha. In, to be now, one, one thing, I, I want to get Sam back on one more t- before, we, before we end. So, Sam, you guys, you know, the culture of, of England inside. Where are the, the main cider producing regions in England? Um. Well, yeah, cider's got a very long heritage. It's a very popular drink in the UK. I think it was brought over um, in the year 1066 by uh, the Normans. And, um, and they, yeah, predominantly apple growing and cider making is done in the southwest of England, areas like Herefordshire. Um, and um, so we're, we're actually in a different area. We're in the north of England. So I like to think we're pioneers for cider in the north of England. And, um, yeah, and, and, and making great stuff up there. So how do you guys do it? I mean, you guys are, are buying juice are you buying apples you know what's the process for the sam smith organic cider which i like i think it's pretty good yeah absolutely well um i guess for us um cider making is a bit of a bit of a new venture really well not it's not that new we've been making cider for a number of years now but um we're we're a brewery we're one of the oldest breweries in the uk and we've got an extraordinary heritage in brewing benchmark beers in particular um classic english ales um so whereas for us cider is something that's a little bit newer, a little bit, little bit more sort of pushing the boundaries, and um, but but cider has always been a very popular drink with us. So what we do is we've kind of taken our approach to brewing beer and applied it to cider. So with us, um, the way we brew beer uh, in terms of the ingredients, um, it's all about having the absolutely best natural ingredients. So all of our beers are brewed solely from natural ingredients, no adjuncts, no chemicals no pesticides, nothing like that, totally natural. And actually, a lot of our beers are brewed solely from organic ingredients, um, which are registered with the Soil Association in Europe and USDA in the US. And we've taken that approach and applied it to cider. So with our cider, we brew it solely from natural ingredients and actually organic ingredients. Our organic bottled cider we sell over here is solely organic ingredients. And I think that's something that's really important, actually, because... you know, a lot of a lot of apples, a lot of fruit, in particular apples, has a lot of pesticides on it, a lot of chemicals that go into it, um, a lot of ripening agents. Obviously, I can't speak for for all apples, but um, a lot of apples do. So ours, you know, I think it's great that we can be safe in the knowledge that ours is totally organic, and um, so we buy in organic um, apple juice, and um, that comes from various sources, and then and then that's what we ferment at our brewery. 
Another question. So we, we heard a little bit about the uh, ciderias, the cider culture in Asturias. Uh, what's the cider culture like in, in Britain? Um, cider culture is, yeah, like I say, it's a very, it's a very historic, um, popular drink in the UK. Been around for... Um, for a uh, thousand years but it's um and it, i'd say interestingly it's a, it's a drink that's growing in popularity at the moment much in the same way that it is over here in the u.s um i think it's increasingly something that women like to drink um i'm a brewer i wish all women would drink beer but um sadly they don't often uh, cider <laughs> is um is perceived a slightly more feminine drink and um you know you go to the pub you drink a pint of bitter actually maybe all, the alternative is have a pint of cider and um, that's grown in popularity in recent years and um and and there's a great there's a great variety in different styles of cider produced in the UK. Um down in the southwest they produce something called scrumpy which is quite a strong cider that's quite sweet and has quite a lot of vinegary taste and then you get um and then you get some something like ours which is something nicely in the middle a nice medium dry cider and then we have sort of mass market ciders as well which are very sweet and a lot of artificial chemicals in them. And I've seen there's a there's some great, real small boutique cider makers in England too. Yes, there are. Our friend Tom Oliver, uh, he's got. Uh, he also makes a Perry, which is different than cider. I don't know if you've had that, Ben. I'm, I'm sure you have. And uh, I saw a video earlier. There's a guy in, in, in Somerset, which you got to ch- just 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 Google Somerset, you know, cider making video, and you're going to see. I think I don't know his last name, but it's one of the coolest things. Just do it. Google Somerset cider making video Somerset. because. It's, it, he's one of the old video. school real. So there's great traditions in all these countries, and, and, and we've tried to bring that together a little bit tonight. Uh, we'll be back on November 12th. We'll actually have a full interview with Steve Wood uh, from Farnham Hill in New Hampshire. And I'm going to give you a rundown of some events coming up. Uh, Beer Sessions Radio will be at uh, Saturday in Williamsburg. We'll be at the Alt-Toberfest. Uh, you can check it out on goodbrasil.com. At uh, three, 3 o'clock or 3.30, there's a stein hoisting competition. There's bands. whole point of that is Oktoberfest is over. But, hey, we're in Williamsburg. We're having some fun. But come by on Saturday. Check it out. Good Brazil, the Williamsburg Oktoberfest, Alt-Toberfest. Um, Cider Week's still going on, and it's just getting better. Uh, you know, Ben, what do you guys have going on at Queen's Kickshaw for the rest of the week? Uh, sure. we got uh, two nights of a cider dinner coming up tomorrow night and uh, Thursday night. And there's still tickets available on brownpapertickets.com. And uh, actually, tomorrow night, um, I believe uh, you're going to be coming over to the Queen's Kickshaw for a, a high pour uh, competition. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we're going to be doing some uh, some uh, escanciar, which is the uh, the high pouring uh, method of of, of basically What's aerating. It escanciar. Escanciar. Yeah. It's uh, high t- pour. Yep. Yeah, why don't you describe what escanciar is? Uh, well, it's basically the uh, traditional <coughs> Spanish method of pouring cider, where uh, the pour will uh, hold one hand with the bottle extended high over their head and the other hand down by their knee with a glass and the the whole idea is to uh, pour a thin stream into the glass and uh, not spill any and at the same time impart some uh, effervescence into the cider so that, that's a so, cool idea so you guys have about nine how many people are nine cider makers going around the city all week just pouring mm-hmm. cider right yes, high pour yes we have uh, eight eight cider makers and one professional purer She's going, it's a girl, Natalia, and she's a great pouring cider. And uh, we are going to offer all the people in New York cider and how to we pour it. That's great. And Sam, so, you saw that too. Uh, you saw it the other day. Uh, what did you think of the high pouring? That's what I call it, high pouring. <laughs> it was a little messy, wasn't it? I, I was very impressed, to be honest. I've got to say, I, I 
gave it a shot and most of mine end up on the floor but um yeah pretty good pretty impressive by the people who do it well yeah well i'll tell you what check out cider week new york you can learn more about it and uh actually jimmy's number 43 thursday night you guys are coming by after 8 30 so there's a lot of fun going on uh one more thing there's a colorado craft beer tap takeover and charity raffle um you know there was a some weather issues in, in colorado and uh union beers behind it and check it out and that um Sean, anything else from you? See, I got, I'll be at a Punktoberfest at Great South Bay Brewery for their beer festival. When's that? On Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Everybody's got a something to Come out to Suffolk County, baby. Come out to the Long Island and have a lot of fun there. And then uh, we have the release of our Black Pale Ale, which is making its return um, at the gate on November 21st. So you got time to think about that. Mission is free. And I, I didn't really get to represent. I mean, Colorado's had some, some disasters, and I wish I could say more about it. But um, there's definitely a, a lot of sympathy for that. So go out and support uh, your Colorado breweries, Breckenridge, Left Hand, Great Divide, and Oscar Blues. And uh, that's gonna the proceeds will benefit the, the Left Hand Brewing Foundation. Um, and also the New York City Brewers Guild. We're having our big fundraiser on December 5th at the Brooklyn Brewery. All the guild members will be there with some special beer. We're raising money so that way we can put on a phenomenal... Uh, number six New York Craft Beer Week next February, and so please come to the Brooklyn Brewery December fifth. Put it on your calendar, circle it, stamp it, tattoo the, the it. The one on thing your I'll box. tell you is that there's there's so many great things happening in New York City, whether it's Cider Week, Beer Week. Uh, and the best place to go is goodbrewseal.com and greatbrewers.com. Check it out. I'd like to thank our sponsors again, greatbrewers.com. We've helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. And Beer Sessions Radio is supported by the Good Beer Seal. You can find Beer Sessions Radio on Facebook page, Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. And you can also follow us on Twitter at beer underscore sessions. If you like this podcast, you can also check us out on iTunes. And one thing I'll say, Heritage Radio Network is growing. It's awesome. But, you know, you can listen to it live. You can archive it. Or you can go on iTunes. So uh, there's a lot of great shows. And uh, thank, you, thank you for listening. Uh, thank thanks you. to Ben. Uh, who else is on? Look at the list here. There's Ben. There's Sean. There's John. There's Sam. And there's Begonia. Uh, thanks for joining me. And Dave, thanks for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Brie O'Connor, and Engineer Tonight. He's out there. Uh, it's time for us to have a good night, guys. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.